0: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Lucky Star Show and Tell podcast, and I'm your host, Lisa Field, owner and director of Lucky Star Art Camp, a women's art and whole living sleepaway camp held annually on the banks of the Guadalupe River in Hunt, Texas. On today's podcast, I'll be talking to longtime Lucky Star camper turned instructor, Kathy Ann Sellers-Williams, MEDRD. Kathy Ann is a non-diet dietitian specializing in intuitive eating. For over 25 years, she's helped women find well-being through gentle nutrition, self-compassion, and attunement to one's body. She's a mama, artist, gardener who loves serendipity and sunshine, books, and lifelong learning. Kathy Ann believes creative expression is food for the soul, which makes her a perfect fit for teaching classes at Lucky Star Art Camp. Hello, Kathy Ann. How are you? Hi, Lisa. It's so good to be here. I'm so glad to have you. I am just wanting to get to know you a little bit better for our listeners and to have a chat with you today and reveal the class that you're teaching And tell everyone a little bit about it so they can be excited and maybe sign up for it. So first off, give us a little snapshot of your childhood where you grew up. Tell us about Kathy Ann.
1: Okay, well, I was born and raised in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, which is probably best known for its Amish community. Um, So uh, there's a really large Amish community there in Lancaster. I'm the youngest of six children, um, and I I had a pretty great childhood. Currently living in Dallas, Texas, by way of Minneapolis for college, and then Boston for 10 years, and Atlanta twice, and now
0: here in Dallas. Wow, you've really been on the move. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what brought you to Dallas? Uh, My husband's job.
1: So how long have you guys lived there? Um, We have been here for almost 12 years.
0: All right. So what got you into nutrition and coaching? Well, I majored in nutrition
1: and then became a dietitian because someone um, very close to me as I was growing up had an eating disorder. And so I was always really fascinated not just with the what people um, are eating, but the how people are eating and the why. So, the psychology of nutrition and well being always really fascinated me. Why do people do things the way that they do? And so, that was really how I focused my training on disordered eating and women's
0: uh, issues with nutrition. Okay, so when you got out of college, did you know right away that this was what you wanted to do, or is it something that evolved over the years?
1: Well, I went into college and majored in nutrition, and I ran track also at the University of Minnesota, and so we also saw a lot of my fellow athletes that had eating concerns. Then after college, I did a one-year postgraduate internship. And that is was in Boston at a Harvard Medical School affiliated dietetic internship. So I always knew that this was what I wanted to do. I mean, I really struggled to make it through the organic chemistry and the biochemistry. But it's kind of like when you have a purpose and a why, you can make it through. I mean, so with a lot of tears and tutoring, I like made it through and was has always kind of been like a guiding uh, force for me to help women.
0: How long have you been practicing?
1: Um, Well, let's see. I graduated in 96 and did my dietetic internship in 1997. So after that, I took my RD exam. And so since
0: 1997. Wow. Have there been any standout moments since you've been practicing where where it really shook you or the opposite, really solidified your choice? Uh, for this as a career?
1: Well, I've had quite a few different jobs. Um, I've worked as an outpatient dietitian for a long time at that hospital in Boston where I did my internship. I worked as a personal trainer and a dietitian at gyms. I was a health coach for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts. My favorite job, which I really felt like I was I mean, in in every job, I felt like I was making a difference because you're helping people and contributing to them. And it wasn't just eating disorders and disordered eating, but with all different health concerns. But um, my job that I loved the most was working at Simmons College in Boston, and it's an all women's school. And so there I saw students with eating concerns. And so in the college age population, there's a lot going on. They're in a phase of adjustment. And so a lot of times that comes out in the eating. So there, uh, I felt like I was really making a difference and just really loved that position.
0: You really connected with that.
1: Yeah, with the students. That's such a fun age. They're growing and learning and trying to figure
0: out who they are. So when it comes to creativity, what is your favorite medium right now?
1: Zen embroidery is is kind of the embroidery form that I invented a little bit and taught at Lucky Star for two years. So I still do that often. Like it's a big part of my self-care.
0: It's a big part of a lot of people's self-care now, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I feel so honored when I see people posting on Lucky Star and I'm like... I taught them that and it is affecting their life in some way. It's just like with the nutrition, but it's something different, right? Um, I taught them a skill and they are running with it. Like Sean's mom is like posting these things. I'm like, you surpassed you know. the teacher. You're amazing. <laughs> like she has yeah. done such an incredible job. But but it's really it's wonderful that I can that I have taught them that and that. It's affecting their well-being in some way too, because it's it's also somewhat of a coping skill. It's very meditative and relaxing. So, for me, I still do um, the Zen embroidery all the time, which is like a free form embroidery. I have stopped my art journaling as I mean, I still do it a little bit, but lately I've been painting a lot, like big abstract pieces or just regular pieces that. Um, Leslie Gawarecki was a teacher, yeah, and, and has really inspired me. And I still, every once in a while, I'll send her messages like, hey, art teacher, what would would what, what you <laughs> recommend for
0: this? Or what what how do you do this? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can relate to that for sure. In your bio, you say that you believe that creative expression is food for the soul. Tell me how you have meshed the two together, the nutrition Mm -hmm. and the creativity?
1: Well, for a long time, I thought that they were separate things, separate pieces. And a long time ago, I started a blog, which I called Nourish, Create, Bloom, and it kind of wove them together for me. And now that's the name of my private practice. But I've, I've really come to understand that being creative or creative expression is such a big, important component of psychological well-being, spiritual well-being. It can decrease your anxiety, help you feel more in the moment. And so that really affects your health. So they're really connected, I feel.
0: Were you an artist or creative as a child? No.
1: So, I mean, I'm sure I was in there, but it was not encouraged. It was not nourished. I think not until I met my husband when I was 26 and he was kind of really, I don't want to say gave me permission, but like accepted all parts of me and was like, you do you, you know, like you want to dress different, dress different, like go for it. Like, I love it. Like, and so I feel like that really gave me the courage and the confidence to explore and let my creative self come out.
0: I love that. Why is it that we feel like we need permission? You know? I know, right. But I I can totally relate to that. It wasn't, creativity was not like banned in my house for sure, but it was around me in different ways. I didn't really realize until I was older that I could consider these other things like sewing as creativity and an art form. At the time, it just seemed like a practicality, you know, something that that was being done in my house. And it wasn't until later on that I realized that things like sewing can be an art, it it is an art form and and should be considered an art form. And that like, We were doing it all along in one way or another, whether it was canning green beans from the garden, all of those things are forms of artistic and creative expression. And I didn't embrace that as a child.
1: No, I I totally understand that. I mean, my
0: grandmother taught me
1: how to crochet. I wish I still remembered. I'm sure I could get back into it. But the crocheting, she taught me how to sew. Um, we had apple trees, and so we took the apples to the Amish uh, Amish press and had apple cider made, and we strung oh, wow. apples in the – we had apple butter, apple cider. We strung apples in the attic. Like all of those things are somewhat of a creative expression, but an important part of whole living, exactly. which also I feel like is a big part of Lucky
0: Star. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those things should be – embraced and I wish I wish that we didn't feel like we had to have permission to do those things yes I agree so do you utilize creativity in your practice when you are coaching someone yes
1: I I feel like we are all creating right? All of the time. It's just whether are we creating consciously or unconsciously, because we are creating our lives around us as well. Um, I do try and incur I mean, I have been recommending adult coloring years before it was like popular. I mean, people kind of looked at me like I was nuts, but I was like, so meditative and relaxing. So I I definitely recommend that. I mean, it's, it's, it depends what the client needs and wants, but creativity is definitely something that comes up.
0: Kathy, and what other fun things, hobbies do you have? Well, I have two
1: dogs, so it's not really a hobby, but it's a, um, I do walk them three times a day because they're very active. So that's quite a big time commitment. Um, I love gardening. I have succulents and herbs in my side yard. And then the backyard, I have wildflowers and um, some collards and chard. And I've not been lucky with tomatoes, but I'm trying peppers this year. So that's also a hobby of mine. I love to read. That's
0: another big one. Have you been able to get a Benny to eat her veggies? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a struggle. She's a picky
1: eater. So I feel like God has given me this child that, you know, is challenging in a lot of ways, but even in the nutrition part, because it's like, I know all of the things and it's still, I don't know, parenting is humbling, you know, in many ways and it's like...
0: Especially yeah. when veggies a, are concerned.
1: Right. What a growth process. I mean, I have the gardening. I try to encourage her to eat um, with making things. But yeah, she's a strong-willed <laughs> child. And we—it's it's definitely a learning process for me I, to, to realize I don't have all of the answers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they do not come with a manual. <laughs> no, no. Do you have any favorite books or movies or TV show series, any guilty pleasures out there that you want to tell us about? Well, I do
1: like like true crime. So sometimes I listen to these true crime podcasts or like the true, I'm like addicted. Well, I want to say addicted, but I really strongly enjoy um, <laughs> 2020 and Dateline. Like I know all all of those, like my daughters always like, why do you want to watch these? And I'm like, I don't know. Like maybe because I live so far on the other side, it's like really interesting. And also just the whole psychology aspect, like how do these people get themselves in situations like that? So, um, you know, where, where they feel like this is their last resort. I don't know. It's just fascinating to me. So.
0: What is your idea of the perfect day? The perfect day,
1: I think, would probably be like if I'm at home or anywhere. I, I kind of had the perfect day over spring break. I was staying at um, Savannah Resort in Arizona. And so we would wake up and have breakfast. And I knew my my child was well cared for at my best friend's house and playing with her cousins. And um, we, my husband and I, we did yoga and there was time for reading and connecting with each other and ourselves, our, our individual selves. And that is actually when I was at this resort, I texted you and said, oh my gosh, Lisa, I was just doing a breathwork class. And as I was lying there meditating, I came up with this incredible idea for a class that I feel very passionate about teaching." Do you remember getting that text?
0: I do. And I was so excited. Yes. So that's I, I, the perfect segue into my next question, which is, what are you going to be teaching at Lucky Star this year?
1: So this year at Lucky Star, I am going to be teaching Body Compass. And Body Compass is about finding connection with our bodies compassion and gratitude for our bodies, and comfort within our bodies. And that is to increase our well-being, but also access our body's wisdom. So it sounds kind of woo-woo, but it's really based on a scientific term called interoceptive awareness. And that is our ability to feel sensations and changes within our bodies. So we can feel our hunger feel our fullness, but we need to be connected to those signals so that we can respond to them. And in our modern society, a lot of people are disconnected. Dieting, for example, is a lot of external rules about what we should and should not be eating. But that listening to those external factors really pulls us away from being in tune with our internal signals.
0: I love this concept. Number one, I love the name of the class, Body Compass. Mm -hmm. That visual just really speaks to me. And also, I'm kind of an alternative health junkie. I Man, I, I read lots and lots of books. And energy is something that I'm super interested in right now and that I've been um, wanting to study more about. I really, really get it. Um, what you're saying about the disconnect between, you know, our, our daily lives and, and our, our food choices, our food habits, our lifestyle habits. Right. And I, I think that I'm excited about this class. We have, so many women of all different ages and, you know, this thing, this weight lifestyle exercise, all, all of those things, it never, it never just fades into the sunset and goes away. Right. It's always, and, and for me, it's, it's front of mind a lot of my day and I could just see how this class is going to be so beneficial for so many of the women at camp. Whether you have a weight issue or a health issue or not, this is more about that whole living piece that is such a big part of Lucky Star because being in tune with ourselves then translates into being in tune with those around us. Our, mm-hmm. it, it helps our relationships. It helps in in our careers and everything that we do. And right. so can you just speak a little bit about that? Right. Expand well, on that. There's thought? two
1: things that I, as you were talking, I, I have two things I thought about um, that I wanted to say. And one is that it's very disempowering for us as women when we are spending a lot of time focusing on weight concerns or body issue concerns, sometimes that's a coping skill in order to not worry about other things, but also all of that time and energy, the energy that you mentioned, where could that be going if we were not focused on our bodies, right? right. So, or or what we're eating. And so part of that is, is finding connection and comfort and compassion for the body. Um, so that we can take that energy and put it into our purpose or put it into our relationships or put it into, you know, making the world a better place. And it's not, it's not, um, disempowering us from that. The other piece I wanted to mention was intention, um, which you had talked about. I, I wanted to bring this up earlier, um, And but I didn't want to interrupt you when you were talking about the canning and how how those things they were kind of more maybe done as a practical sense or things that we had to do in the past um, and how now it's kind of start of it's part of our whole living and and in a creative expression and I wanted to point out that the difference there is the intention. I think. Our intention is that we're trying to slow down and we're using this to enhance our life because we can wash dishes and just wash them and try and get it done, or we can wash dishes with some mindfulness and intention, and there's a difference. And you can't see the difference from the
0: outside, but you
1: can feel the difference from the inside.
0: Oh man, that is such a good point. So you're saying that if when it was time for going down to the river and picking the wild mustang grapes and bringing them back to our kitchen and making wild mustang grape jelly. If instead of it being kind of a chore, which it really, it was fun for me as a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know how my mom felt about it. You know, I I think she liked to do it, but if just the words had been said and an intention had been, set it could have totally changed that practicality to a little magicality, right? A little right. I I see what you're saying because we can reframe things with intention and really change the whole experience for someone.
1: Yes, exactly. And part of that is just growing up and being an adult. Like, you know, I remember when we had to pick all the apple trees and the bees were flying around and that kind of made me nervous. But looking back, I'm like, my gosh, what an incredible experience that was to be able to harvest the food that you grew and create something out of it and use that to nourish your body. So I think some of the magic here is in the intentionality and the awareness just of what this miracle kind of is. That is our body. Right. That is our body and the the, the whole living piece, that everything that we're doing in a day is really creating that. I love it.
0: I just want to go back and mention, Kathy Ann has taught Zen embroidery, um, At Wander Inn, and also at Wander Inn is our weekend event, and also for two years at Lucky Star. And so many people have just loved and adored that class over the years. And it is fun to to see everyone present their projects on show and tell night, how far along they've gotten, because they'll work on it all through camp. Mm -hmm. And then after camp as well, all the pictures that we get in our Lucky Star Galaxy group of people's um, Zen embroidery projects. And it has inspired other things like um, as well, collaborations and new classes. I also want to talk about your art journaling a little bit. You talk, you mentioned it earlier, but your art journals, Kathy Ann, are something to be admired. And you talk about inspir- inspirational. They are amazing. The first time I saw one, I had popped into your cabin. Uh, I think you and Cairo were staying together yeah. and a couple of other, maybe Melissa was there too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. You were sitting on your, on the bottom bunk mm-hmm. and you had your journal in hand and pens and markers and I just got a glimpse of it and was like, oh, totally sucked in. It, it, it's amazing. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um,
1: I'm not sure when exactly I started art journaling, but it was sometime when my daughter, who's now 11, was much younger. And it was something portable that I could take with me to play dates or when she was um, playing somewhere. And I could still connect with my creative self I would bring my journal and just some colored pencils and fill it in. And then as she started producing things, it also was a way to document what was going on in my life. So I can go back and look at art journals and know the first time she wrote a letter A on the cement sidewalk. Because I documented it there in my art journal, and so I added her art pictures in with mine, and sometimes we would do collaborations. Um, But it's been just a way. It it can be art journals can be anything that you want. It can be a way that you document your life, can be a way that you um, express appreciation for what you have, can be a way to journal your thoughts and feelings with words and pictures. So that has been a gift and also it's a, just a way to for me to cope with anxiety and and to help my well-being as well
0: absolutely so you've been coming to lucky star for many years every first year as a camper yeah mm-hmm. every year so, but one i only every missed year but one... one i only
1: missed <laughs> one year and that was because <laughs> i was doing my year long life coach training and the one week that they had like a retreat in California was the one week. But as we discovered at the last camp, you said what the people who are not here, or maybe the people that are not meant to be here. And I remember thinking, what? I'm always meant to be here. This is my favorite week of the year. Then I discovered that I was not meant to be there that year. Because Roxanne Glasser You had asked me that year at the last minute to teach a doodling class, but I couldn't because I was going to this life coach training and you um, then asked Roxanne and that really was like a changing moment for her in her life during a period of grief. And so when Roxanne and I figured that out together, I was like, oh my gosh. The, just the connection. Like, I even oh, have Goosebumps speaking it now. Story. You know, the I only know. time I missed, and it was very, I don't know, it's just part of the. Been, right. The missing, Lucky Star sure. magic.
0: Like, it, yes. seriously. And camp look where is somewhat she magical. is now with her doodling oh, and how it's that amazing. Has really bloomed. Yeah, that is such a great story. Do you have any other fun camp stories? Oh my gosh. I have so many. I'm just trying to think. It's just the sense of
1: when you're at camp, it's like, is everything's right with the world? Because you don't have the day-to-day caring for others. It's just a time when I could care for myself, Um, especially when my daughter was really young. It was really important for me to add nourishment. You know, and and spiritual right. connection in, and in a way to connect with myself. It's it's a lot about lucky stars, a lot about connection, connecting, reconnecting with ourselves, connecting with other people. Um, I, I the first the I will say one of the most magical experiences was the first time at camp, and you're, we were painting on the side of the Guadalupe River, which is this beautiful color of greeny blue. And the rip, the sunshine was coming down and sparkling. Like it looked like someone was throwing glitter into the river and we're painting. It was Juliet Crane's class. We're painting on the side of the river and I'm like, Oh my God, this is magical. And then these horses came down. I don't know if they were wild horses, but they came down to drink the water and we were all like, is this for real? Like <laughs> it was so, it was just incredible.
0: That was a magical moment. You know, right. okay, that that same year that the horses first came down to the water during Juliet's mm-hmm. class that you were in, the first year of Lucky Star was held in October instead of November. And just the timing was perfect for me to have one of the most incredible experiences of my entire life out in nature. I snuck away while everyone was in class and I got in a kayak and paddled upstream so which would have been in the direction of where those horses came down Mm -hmm. just to give you a reference well as the as you get further upstream the leaves on the trees the branches hang down low over the river and I mean low to the point that I had to lay down on my back in the kayak and get flat to go under and as I was going underneath the trees I look up and like magical fairy drops there were monarch butterflies by the thousands latched on and dangling down from the leaves and branches just i and mean oh tons of them down lo- i mean like i just like skimmed under right underneath them like i was having some out of body experience it was it was so incredible oh my god that sounds it. incredible I've had several things like that happen at Lucky Star, and I know other people have too, and it's always fun to hear those stories. I will say too,
1: um, just like the late night conversations in the cabins with my fellow campers that you're just laughing so hard or crying or somehow, (laughs) but it's just like you really feel like I always felt like it was a cross between the days when I lived in my sorority house and when I went to camp as a kid. Like it's just this great camaraderie with people from all over.
0: It's wonderful. You know, we we get to be all grown up and you really think you've left behind those days of slumber parties and and those the just firsts in life too, you know, right. those yes. first time experiences. And honestly, you know so many of us get in such a groove, even with relationships, friendships that we think we're set. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, we're good. We're good. We don't need to branch out and meet new new people. We've got our good friends and this is, you know, this is good. But when we do allow ourselves to go and try new things and meet new people, and have those experiences. I mean, like you can feel that same feeling again that you did as a child, as a teenager. Like you said, those late night conversations, the giggles, that just it can happen again as a grown woman. And this is a place where where that does happen. Yes, for sure. How did you find Lucky Star?
1: Oh, I'm very good friends with Kristen Rodner um yes. her and I were in the same sorority and I mean at different colleges but we met at an alumna event in Boston and so I remember when she t- sent me a text and said you're gonna have to come to this camp because my friend Lisa Field is r- is starting a new camp and and that's how I came to the first one.
0: Oh, awesome go k yeah. yeah and then I've been coming ever since Kathy Ann, it's been so nice talking to you today. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited for your class this year. I know we're going to have some super sad campers not having Zen embroidery this year, but I think your Body Compass class is going to be so special and, and so amazing and could even be very healing for a lot of people. And who is Body Compass for? So this
1: class is for any woman who feels somewhat disconnected from herself and her body. So it could be someone who has um, concerns with her weight and does not feel comfortable where they are. It could be someone who is continually dieting all the time or just someone who just doesn't hear their signals right now of fullness and hunger or um other parts of the body wisdom, and they want to get more in tune
0: with that. Okay. I always end the podcast by asking my guest if they had something to show and tell, what would it be? So I
1: just finished a really large piece that I started out doing cacti on it. And I finished it and I was like, no, it is not doing it for me. So on top of the cacti, I painted a ton of blooms all over it. And so it's just now I'm like, okay, now it's ready. It's like added a lot more color and it's just, I Cathy
0: and it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. It's more about the bloom than it is about the cactus. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's more about the bloom. You're right. Cathy and how can our listeners find you?
1: Uh, listeners can find me on my website, which is nourishcreatebloom.com. They can find me on Instagram at nourishcreatebloom. Um, and also on Instagram, I'm at Kathy Ann as
0: well. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Kathy Ann. Oh, I look thank forward you. to your
1: class in November. Oh, I'm excited. Thanks so much for let, giving me the opportunity to talk today and for the opportunity to teach it. Such a magical place.
0: If you think you might be interested in attending Lucky Star Art Camp someday or want to join our Lucky Star Galaxy community, visit our website at www.luckystarartcamp.com.